All right. Welcome to the uh, coaching carousel uh, finale. <laughs> Coach carousel number two. Uh, this this uh, live podcast, or recorded if you're listening to it after the fact, uh, is brought to you by FL Teams. And flteams.com is a massively growing uh, top source for Florida sports coverage and analysis. Uh, it's got dynamic podcasts, if I do say so for myself and Jeremiah. Uh, Bolts and Bats in the Bay and Fins in the Sea, among many others. And now also, you know, we're bringing you some live uh, content. Uh, so go to flteams.com, follow FL Teams on all of the social medias, you know, all those cool things, MySpace and Friendster and all that stuff. Uh, and... <laughs> And also, how about our sponsor, Jeremiah? Hey, we all know our sponsor, man. Always got to give a shout out to Symbol. Symbol's the stock market for sports teams. Allows you to trade your sports teams like your stocks. You can earn cash payouts when your team wins. Symbol's blended sports in the stock market to offer a new way to invest and profit off of your favorite teams. Buy low, sell high, earn cash payouts when your team wins. Join the already 6,000 plus early adopters who have started to profit from their sports knowledge by going over to www.symbol.com that's s-i-m-b-u-l-l.com or you can visit the link that's scrolling right below you when you open up your account make sure you use the promo code fl teams that'll give you a ten dollar deposit bonus it'll help you build your portfolio march madness is right around the corner find your cinderella early right or late cash it out make a little coin right if baseball ever starts who knows right but great great site go check them out yeah, and they've they've now got fractional shares too. So you can oh. buy fractional shares, which by the way, that ten dollar deposit uh bonus that gets you like 0. 0.2 shares of most teams. So it's same. like Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah, you're leaving money <laughs> yeah. on the table by not doing this. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so so welcome to coaching carousel number two. Uh, we, last time we all met up, oh, by the way, we've got, uh, Jeremiah, who you all know from, uh, the Fins in the Sea podcast, and, um, you have official titles for the NFL podcast, or are those just kind of freeform? They've just been kind of freeform, man. We did Behind Enemy Lines, we did a couple of other things. That's right. Coaching stuff, so, yeah. I was on the first one of those. I should have done I that. Know. <laughs> And then, we, and then we found EJ, and, you know, we got it earlier. You know, Andrew could have given me a ton of crap for beating us over across the pond. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And we also have, of course, Andrew Eshman from the Jag Roar podcast. What's up? Thanks for having me, guys. Always, Always a blast. So we got the crew back together to kind of recap how the carousel ended. Um. Last time we had talked, uh, and I'll kind of run through the uh, the job openings, and uh, we did talk. A few had already been hired last time we talked. The first one on my list is the Chicago Bears, Matt uh, Eberflus. We talked about him last time. I think we were all kind of meh. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Denver... Denver hired uh, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, and I think this was after – I don't think we talked about Nathaniel Hackett uh, 
as officially being hired for the Broncos. Um, I mean, they cleaned house. They got a new OC, a new DC, a new special teams coordinator, Vic Fangio staff, all gone. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett uh, hired for the Broncos. They go offensive. They've kind of leaned defensive in many recent years, but they, they go, well, I guess Josh McDaniels, but Aside from him, most of the coaches I think of are kind of defensive-minded uh, since, uh, you know, Shanahan. Uh, any thoughts on uh, Nathaniel Hackett going to Denver? Look, my short side is this. I remember I remember Joe Philbin. Um, Aaron Rodgers makes a lot of coordinators look like they're very talented, as quarterbacks generally do. Uh, I don't know, man. Unless Denver does something with their quarterback situation, I don't see how anything really changes. And, again, we thought, uh, you know, that Philbin was going to be that guy that turned it all through. And I don't – I think Hackett's just 2.0. I don't know. I don't know much about him. And that's completely, like, that deep of, you know, like, introspective. I, I don't know. That's just my feeling. I have a lot to say about him because he used to be the OC over in Jacksonville. So, unless <laughs> – Aaron Rodgers is going over to the Broncos. I don't think isn't he, that a thing though? Yeah. I mean <laughs> I don't think he does much there. Um you know, he could be like a three and out coach, you know, in, in Denver. Um, you know, he had one good season with Jacksonville where we made that run to the AFC championship game, but um, you know, we fired him. We got rid of him after, you know, it, what the next season. So I, I just don't see him doing much there. The, the only reason it makes sense to me, and this is not a reason to hire a head coach, obviously, is if if they trade for Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be a beautiful thing. They have a pretty good defense already. Um, but you don't hire a head coach hoping that that helps recruit a quarterback to want to be traded to your team. That's a lot of – it's not like he's a free agent either, like – there are multiple steps here. Yeah. There's a lot of young talent on that Denver Broncos offense, though. A lot of young talent, right? I mean, I still think that um, that Williams is going to be the best back out of this, uh, the last draft. Like, I, I still, I, th- I don't think Najee is going to be the best back coming out of that. I mean, I think he, he's just a beast um, with his balance and the way he is. I don't know if they're going to keep Melvin Gordon, but they've got a run game together. And they've got some dynamic young wide receivers and then Noah Fan at tight end. Their offense has every reason to be good. I even except for Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, I even like Teddy Bridgewater, man. I still I, I think mean, he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. He is every year. Somewhere. <laughs> is he the uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick of the NFL right now? The the young version? He's your plug and play. Like, ah, we need another guy. and But, like, how bad did Drew Locke get over time? Like, there was a minute that Drew Locke looked like he was going to be all right, wasn't there? Was I yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I thought he could have been a legitimate starter at one point. I mean, I just don't know what happened. I don't know if it was coaching or, or the scheme or whatever, but he just kind of kind of fell off the map. Yeah. So. And I mean, he has a good wide. Re- he had a good wide receiving core, right? Like Cortland Sutton and Fant, yeah. like you said, the tight ends. I mean, I think if if Rogers does end up landing in Denver, I mean, that's going to be that's going to be easy for him. He's got, he has so much to work with, right? I mean, and you would assume, 
And I, I hate this. is the thing with the NFL that is my least favorite thing right now. The NFL the last couple of years has turned into the NBA, I feel like. Like, hey, guys, let's just join a super team, take a little less money, and let's go win a championship. It's two teams in a row in the NFL that are not homegrown teams. They're trade free agents, take a little less money, OBJ, come sign with us. I don't like that trend at all. And if Aaron Rodgers does get traded, frankly, anywhere, I think there's going to be that little run of, uh, you know, guys taking a little less money to say, hey, I just want to ring. Yeah. I do. Brady, again, you know, just when you thought Brady couldn't screw the NFL any more than dominating in New England, on his way out, he starts the trend of go somewhere, build your super team, and take one last one. Mm -hmm. It's Brady's final right up the. <laughs> mic drop, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Brady's mic drop, man. Yeah. Oh, but you're if right. you can't beat him, um, join him. So join me. Yeah. <laughs> in well, South I mean, Beach you know, or Tampa Bay. <laughs> I was talking with EJ, and, and EJ had this pipe dream that, you know, he heard that Aaron Rodgers and his fiance were building a house down in uh, Nashville. And, you know, in the Nashville, you know, the Titans said they were committing to Ryan Tannehill. And that must be such a shock that it ended up causing Aaron Rodgers and his fiance to separate. So <laughs> the divorce is going to happen already. So who knows? Maybe he gets to Denver to get away from her. He, uh, he's going to the Saints, by the way. If, if Aaron Rodgers lands in Tennessee, my head's going to explode. Oh, my God, right? <laughs> like, if we have to face him, like, I mean, uh, it's just – I mean, it might be a good matchup, right? Like, but it, it's just, I, I'm just going to, my eyes are going to roll in the back of my head. It's like, Tennessee is like our kryptonite, man. It's, it's. Yeah. Hey, you don't have to worry about it, Andrew, because Tennessee was so committed that when these rumors started, literally the GM, the coach, and everybody came out and said, Tannehill is our guy and planted <laughs> the flag harder than anybody's ever planted it for a guy who threw three interceptions and lost you a playoff game at home. I don't know, dude. So there, I think you're fine. RT 17's coming. That's it. Okay. <laughs> well, moving on. Shout out to the Green Bay Packers who hired Rich Basaccia as their special teams coach. I know we're mainly talking head coaches, but Green Bay's special teams was a clown show. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to keep it PG. I, I had another word I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> but Rich Versace, a proven special teams coach, good, you know. Anyways, uh, this one's interesting. This one might take up more time than anticipated. The Houston Texans, after all the names they interviewed and, and the rumors that I heard were Brian Flores was the guy, and all of a sudden, Lovey Smith, whose name I had not heard at all, um, just kind of popped up and he was their head coach. I didn't even know they had interviewed him, to be quite honest. Look, Lovey yeah. Smith, by the way, who got fired from Illinois, the college, not the Bears, the college, Illinois, because he wasn't good enough. It got hired as the head coach of the Texans. But he went to a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. I mean, <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm not saying that Lovey Smith is a bad coach. I'm saying that he is a good defensive coach. And and this, I think this was the team I said I was most shocked that fired their coach, David Culley, because I I loved the way he coached that team and how hard they played for him. And then they 
Lovey Smith's just a guy who, after the Bears situation ended, has failed and failed and failed, and there he is. Pops up as a head coach, kind of suspiciously after Brian Flores was the, the front runner, allegedly. Um, yeah, look, I, um, I'll, I'll expose myself to tell you, I didn't even know he was their defensive coordinator last year. I didn't. That's how much Houston Texans football I watch. Um, so that was my first shock. The second shock is when did he grow a Santa beard? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I saw that last year. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, the last thing was everything I heard going around was that Houston, prior to this whole Flores thing, was legitimately not just considering Flores. They were deep in on Josh McCown, who mm-hmm. has zero coaching experience as a head coach. And they were looking that way. At least that's the, the storyline curve that I heard. And then the Flores things yeah. happened, and it almost looks like they backtracked, like they felt like they had to go minority at this point. I mean, even if they wanted McCown, could you imagine what would have happened if they would have hired McCown or any other person not of color, honestly, in this situation, the way Flores played it? Um, I think it was a safe move for them PR-wise. I think Flores did paint them in a corner. And they had nowhere to go. But Lovey, look, Houston's not going to compete next year, no matter what. You, you still don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to be there. They're a mess all over. So, you know, a proven NFL coach to plug you through, I don't know, man. I, that's, I think it was just out of necessity. I don't know, Andrew. What do you got? What do you think? I don't know why they just didn't stick with, with David Culley. I mean... I mean, is is Lovey Smith that much of an upgrade? I mean, you have to ask yourself that. I I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm leaning toward towards the side of no, but uh, I, I just would have stuck with with David Culley because he definitely did well as an interim coach, and I think you have to have some sort of consistency there with the with a, a culture and a system, you know, in place to be successful. So I don't really know where, where they're going and what the strategic vision is there for the Texans, but Hey, I'm a Jaguars fan. So bring it. Let's go. Bill O'Brien <laughs> just tanked that entire franchise. I feel like they really did. Hey, they gave him yeah. too much control. He made the, the most horrific trades probably in NFL history. <laughs> Larry Tunsil is a heck of a left tackle. <laughs> so no, look, I will say, I'm, I'm with you guys. Like, I thought Cully had this team playing above its head all year. They played hard. They fought in every game, and they had no reason to be in that game if you looked roster to roster. So, yeah, I think that was shocking. I think Cully was the guy that should have just stayed with it. And look but at he, the – sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I was going to say, Cully was a lot like Dan Campbell. Everyone watched the Lions. They're like, their roster is overmatched by their opponents, but – God, these guys play hard. Everyone loves Dan Campbell. Everyone loved David Cullen, or at least I did. Yeah. And I thought, this guy's coaching this terrible roster. Like, those two teams could have easily gone 0-17, like, with the talent level. They both won a few games and were competitive in the games they lost. There's something to be said about that. And and getting rid of Cully, who also, by the way, Davis Mills, very impressive season. Yeah, I, I was he just going to say really that. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, they were working with the two quarterbacks, right? Like Tyrod Taylor, who, who who did okay in the beginning of the season, and then you have a rookie come in, Davis Mills, and played uh, played really well. I mean, 
I mean, he def- they, they beat us. Um, I know that's not saying much, but I mean, still as a rookie, uh, I thought he played very well. So I, I was impressed. I would have I would have kept David Coley. Yeah, I thought Davis Mills like, was another thing. Is like if this Deshaun Watson thing doesn't work out for them, and he never played, I think they're not really in horrible shape. Davis Mills looked very serviceable as a rookie quarterback. I mean, I he, he really did. I was seeing some stuff on Reddit about I don't know if you guys have seen this, but the Washington Commanders thinking about trading for Deshaun Watson and trading uh, um, what's his name, the defensive end. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now. Oh, Chase Young. Uh, Chase Young, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and and like a bunch of draft picks for Deshaun Watson. And I don't know if you guys have seen that, but that seems kind of, uh, I don't know. It seems like a stretch maybe, or maybe it's just the rumor mill. But uh, I was wondering what you guys thought about that. That's a great young player to be trading for a guy who might not be allowed to play. I mean, that's the problem with Deshaun Watson is – there's a, a lot, you know, and I'm a Saints fan, so Alvin Kamara might be suspended for a handful of games next season, but Deshaun Watson did a lot worse things and might be suspended for a lot longer time. Well, um, you know, I heard when they had the, the Deshaun to Miami thing that the only thing that held it up was Jeff Ross said, you got to settle all those cases, and there's 21 of them, and apparently mm-hmm. at least through the rumor, it says he had 18 of them settled. If he had 18 of them ready to settle, um, you never know what the NFL is going to do with it. And, you know, again, it's like I, we're not – and we promised we wouldn't go through this Flores thing, but this guy is – Flores has thrown such a bomb at the NFL that Deshaun Watson has a chance to slide underneath that. Like it's been quiet for a long time, kind of, and if he was just to settle those and they go away and he doesn't get, you know, charged, who knows? You know, but for me, if I'm Houston – didn't we do this already with Javon Clowney or Jadavion Clowney? You, you went out and then like used first round pick on a guy that's a defensive end. Like a defensive end is not going to change your franchise. I don't care how good they are. That's just my take on it. Um, if you're getting if you're getting Watson, I say you hold him for ransom and do that three, four first round picks. And man, Cully would have been great for that. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so I don't know, man. But I, I I like the kid in Washington too. I like I Taylor Heineken. Yeah. Yeah, Heineke. Um, yeah. yeah he, Heineke. Makes some, he makes some bad decisions. Uh he he's he's very talented. He makes some bad decisions. He's like Brett Favre with like half his talent. <laughs> yeah. So do you guys think do you guys think there's something up with Chase Young? Do you think he's tainted goods with the ACL and that's why they're they're trading him? They don't think he's gonna be as good as he was. I doubt they trade him. Yeah, I'm guessing it's just I, a baseless rumor. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, that's that's what this time of year is for, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing to talk about, right? So we create things to talk about. <laughs> right. So well, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Michael Thomas are going to team up with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram on the Saints. Right? <laughs> we all know that, right? <laughs> but the best the defense in the NFL is going to get that team. <laughs> Super team, right? <laughs> well, look, the, the way this is working out, right, is not only have they built the super teams, but they've been able to win the Super Bowl at home. You know where next year's mm-hmm. Super Bowl is, right? Arizona. So Kyler Murray is going to get traded to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, Kyler's already deleted all this Cardinal stuff. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, 
I don't know, man. Um, my fear with Deshaun Watson, since we brought him up on this, because I've, I've seen it too. The guy put up gaudy stats, right? Everywhere. But his teams didn't really win. And he, he wasn't of devoid sex. of talent. He wasn't devoid of talent, right? I mean, he, he did have, he had Deshaun Hopkins. And he had a defense that had, you know, J.J. Watt. And like, he, but they didn't win. So thinking that you're going to transplant this guy somewhere, and then you're just going to win. There are quarterbacks who put up crazy stats, like Dan Fouch used to, but the Chargers sucked every year, right? I mean, so is Watson that guy that turns a franchise around? I don't know. Maybe I'm saying that bitterly because we don't have him in Miami. I don't know. But but it, it, there's a case for that. When Deshaun Watson gets traded to Miami, we're going to have to do another podcast to talk about the <laughs> Deshaun Watson in South Beach. If he's getting in trouble in Houston, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's massage. Th- Never mind. <laughs> I'm just speculating. I'm just speculating. But do you guys think he's maybe a bad locker room guy or something? I mean, I'm spitballing, but possibly. I mean, I saw he had a little altercation with some reporters when he was coming out of camp. I think before you know, before he they suspended him or whatever. Um, I don't know. I just I, I'm, I'm spitballing again, but I, I feel like he might be a, a bad locker room guy because he had all that talent around him and he just wasn't able to do anything with it. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, Hopkins didn't Hopkins didn't beg to stay, and he certainly didn't say anything great about him on the way out. Right, and I mean he's one of the best receivers in the game. So I think yeah, but they got David it. Johnson for him, so it was equal. <laughs> Bill O'Brien has look. Hey, all brain. these rumors about tanking. Who's looking into Houston hiring Bill O'Brien? <laughs> that was exactly. That's like something out of the Major League movie, right? Or like yeah. Ted Lasso. They bring him in and plug him in. He's like, you'll destroy it. But he actually did. <laughs> there was no filter yeah. in his. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is real life, not not Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, it worked. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, the next job opening, we could talk about this one. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars hired Super Bowl winning head coach Doug Peterson. Uh, obviously, I'm going to go to Andrew first for his thoughts. Oh, we got Dougie Fresh. It's uh, it's good. I like it. Um, I think Doug's a good coach. Wasn't my first choice, but you know, that's neither here or there. I think. Um, Who was you your know, first choice? My my first choice would would have been Jim Caldwell. Um, I think that would have been good. Uh, you know, Brian Flores could have been good as well, but you know, yeah, it's interesting because he's in what I think is a precarious situation with Trent Bulky. I think it's going to be an uphill battle. Um, I think the Jaguars might surprise the first season. They may win, you know, a few more games. Maybe they win six games next season. Uh, maybe it's four games. Who knows? But, um, you know, they're hiring on the assistants and the staff right now. Um, I've looked into them. I don't really, you know, it seems like a couple of guys from Philadelphia that he hired the offensive coordinator, Press Taylor. Um, but, you know, I'm still kind of kind of digging into their backgrounds. Don't know much much about them yet, really. But uh, I think it could be interesting. But I think with Trent Baalke, again, if he has control over the personnel decisions and the staffing decisions and draft decisions, I think 
there's risks that uh, Peterson could be another three and out coach in Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I like Peterson. I had a little taste of him because I'm <clears throat> I'm in Delaware, so the Philly fans around me. Um, what Doug really did with that Eagles team is he was able to inspire and get those guys to play a little above their head and catch a wave to go to the Super Bowl. And he used talent that he had in different ways, right? Um, and I, I think that's interesting where you're at down there, Andrew, because who knows what Travis Etienne is really going to be. Um, in today's NFL, he could be a Debo Samuel. He could be, you know, I mean, they could be any number of things with him. Um, and I think he had a way of inspiring people, and it was a younger team. He didn't have very talented wideouts, but they found a way to produce. I, I think it's a really good hire down there. The Jim Caldwell thing's interesting because I heard a bunch about that, and everyone kind of underneath it was saying that, like, his health concerns must be bigger than everybody really knows, right? So, like, because he was supposed to come in with Flores at first in Miami, and then he backed out of citing health concerns. And okay. so they're saying maybe it's deeper than, you know, he was still interviewing, but maybe it's one of those where it's, you're not safe. Like, the, well, what the analogy I heard from one guy who was talking about it was like, being an NFL coach is a very stressful thing, right? Remember what it did to Urban Meyer when he was in the or wherever, right? <laughs> but I mean, you had guys who had heart attacks collapsing on the side of the field, and they were citing unnamed GMs like, I don't want to be the guy that feels like I killed Jim Caldwell, right? I mean, right. So I wonder if that played into it, but I, but I like the Peterson hire down there. Is, is there a disease that makes you uh, uh, sleep with co-eds? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind catching it. I'm just look, saying. Look, that 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 goes to the debate of whether alcoholism is a disease or. <laughs> God bless you, Urban. It's a tough disease you got. Uh, and my, I'll probably talk more about this later, teasing the end questions here. Doug Peterson, I, I was watching a little bit of the, the repeat of the uh, Philadelphia New England Super Bowl. Now I know Nick Foles was the quarterback in the Super Bowl, but Doug Peterson led a number one pick at quarterback, a stable of running backs, kind of eh, wide receivers, and and he ran the offense. He, he's an offensive coach. He led them to a Super Bowl pretty quickly. Uh now, maybe him being good friends with Sean Payton jades my opinion, but frankly, he was going to be interviewed by the Saints, and I, I said on this podcast that we talked about, Dennis Allen needs to be the coach the Saints hire. But if they said, no, we're going someplace else, Doug Peterson would have been the guy I wanted. Um, I, I think he's a good coach. I think – the Eagles probably shouldn't have fired him, frankly. It sounded like that was a whole thing about choosing between him and Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts is not a good quarterback. Hey, I, look, he, he made Carson Wentz look good enough to be an NFL quarterback. He right? Did he I win mean, MVP or almost win MVP that year, yeah, didn't he? almost. The year now he's got Trevor he Lawrence. My yeah, God. I mean, <laughs> I, I think Doug being a quarterback is going to help Trevor so much. I mean, you know, Doug was a quarterback over in Phil, Philadelphia, and then he, I think he was a quarterback uh, back, in, 
Yeah, behind Favre, yeah. So, that, I mean, I think he's going to bring a lot to the, you know, Trevor Lawrence. And I'm hoping he Trevor Lawrence plays better. I think he will if he can stay healthy. You know, Andrew, here's the thing, too. Think about this. Like, everybody talks about Joe Burrow and how he excelled so quick and got to where he got. But if we go back and look at all the other quarterbacks, like Peyton Manning was trash his rookie year, right? I mean, guys who were absolute legit Hall of Famers struggled at quarterback their first year because they came into a bad team and they played every down. So, I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence takes a huge leap this year because I watched enough of him in Clemson that this game's not above him. Like, he's where he he belongs. Um, So I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Peterson does with him. Yeah, and I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. I mean, he's proven he can be a leader of the team even as a rookie, right? You know, where you, you would think a coach like Urban Meyer with the experience he had would have been the leader and would have been more mature enough. But it turns out Trevor Lawrence was the more mature one and was the bigger leader for the Jaguars. So I'm excited to see what he does next year, for sure. In that, in that Dolphins game that we lost to you across the pond on the last play, right? Um, yeah, that was that was Trevor Lawrence that made the play call. They had a different play called, and as soon as Miami took the timeout, they said when they went to the sideline, Trevor's like, "I can hit him, I can throw it to get some field goal range." Trevor called the play. Yeah, I mean it yeah. was a great play too. I mean I was like, "Wow, how did they how did they get in field goal range when they had like a fourth and what was it like eighteen or something?" So <laughs> yeah, and like no time. Yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Urban Meyer probably had a tough time coaching a quarterback who kind of looked like an ugly co-ed. So <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> oh, uh, I think uh, last time we talked, we talked Josh, Josh McDaniels was hired to coach the Raiders. We talked about him. Um, that's a hire I like. Uh, and I, I, it sounds like they've kind of doubled down that that uh, Derek Carr is going to be their quarterback, also a quarterback. That's good. Uh, good enough. He's as good as Matthew Stafford. Stafford, yeah. Right? I mean. <laughs> Carr, Carr earned a lot of my respect last year, not only for the way he played on the field, but the way that he handled some really crazy situations with the team. And the way he handled the press and he stood in front of it, that's the kind of dude I'd want to leave my locker room, you know? Exactly. I mean, I think I agree with, with you, Jeremiah. Derek Carr, that game against the Ravens where they beat them in overtime, I mean, that was an incredible performance. And he gets so much flack for being like this, you know, average QB. He's not. I mean, he's a good quarterback. I think he, he yeah. just needs to have some consistency at the head, you know, head coach. And um, I think, you know, when he gets that, I think he'll really excel. Yeah, and hopefully for him, McDaniels gives it to him. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it seems like they could have a – unfortunately, I think David Carr's youth was wasted with the, the coaching carousel. <laughs> but, uh, you know, hopefully McDaniels – and they've hired a lot of Patriots personnel people and everything. That's an interesting – Interesting thing, um, you know, they'll soon be deflating balls and stealing playbooks and stuff. <laughs> Speaking of the Patriots, we've got their division rival, Miami Dolphins. And uh, Mike McDaniel, the former 49ers offensive coordinator, tired because the 49ers were known for their dynamic offense. Uh, <laughs> Jeremiah, let me ha- let me hand you this rope. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm just going to start with this. 
he weirds me out a little bit. He gives me a little bit of a Napoleon Dynamite sort of feel when he answers questions and stuff. And he seems like he's the kid who's trying really hard to be cool, but it ain't really cool. You know, like somebody asked him the question, like, what are you going to listen to, you know, on your flight to Miami? And he's like, oh, of course, Pitbull and, you know, maybe some Will Smith. Welcome. And I'm like, it's just uncomfortable. It's just uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> I'm going now, that being to said, Miami. <laughs> look, that being said, um, the guy seems to know and have enough touch out of his coaching tree that he's done something already that Brian Flores couldn't do in three years. He got people that wanted to come work for him. And he's built an offensive staff that flat out says Miami's going to run the ball. We're going to protect two and we're going to run the ball. They bring in Frank Smith as the offensive coordinator. He was the run game coordinator for the Chargers. Um, they bring in Matt Applebaum to coach the offensive line. He was the uh, offensive line coach at Boston College. Um, then they bring in Joe Embry as the assistant head coach and the tight ends coach, who's another O-line guy, right? And, and also McDaniel knows how to win over a city. What's he do? Wide receiver coach you need? You guys remember Wes Welker, right? Come on, yeah. Wes. So he hires Wes. The only hey, look, he retained most of the defensive staff, including defensive coordinator Josh Boyer. Um, he let Patrick Graham go, or, or there was something in that situation where Patrick Graham walked. He was the DB coach, so he was really good. But I think he's tight with Flores. So you know what? We'll just bring back in Sam Madison and Patrick Sertan, and now they're going to coach the DBs. So. For Dolphin fans, we're getting a blast from the past of this. You know, that nostalgic feeling of seeing Sam Madison and Wes Welker and Patrick Sertan coaching. Um, he knows how to try to win a city. Um, does he know how to win ball games? <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, there, there's that back and forth. Did he call plays or did, uh, you know, uh, Shanahan call the plays? What I know is he spent a ton of time with Shanahan everywhere Shanahan went. It, it was like Mike McDaniel was right behind him. Um, so he's he's a guy that we kind of talked about in our pre-show little thing a little bit, Jeff, but a guy that in college found a way that he was going to be a coach, and he pushed and he walked on, and he found ways to coach, and he was a wide receiver coach, and he was this kind of coach and that kind of coach, and he's worked himself forward. And people seem to want to come work for him. Um, you know, I I – been through this so many times, dude. Dolphins fans are jaded. I know you feel it too, Andrew. I'm tired <laughs> of getting excited about a new coach, right? I can't yeah. Do it. It's just, I, I, it gets old, right? <laughs> it, it, it really does. And I laugh again because I go to like Dolphins Twitter and, you know, they're bashing everything that's going on. And then he gets hired and they're like, oh, we love him. He's the greatest thing. It's going to be. I'm like, you're like that dude who falls in love with the strip club, bro. Like, she ain't into you. Just stop. <laughs> Dolphins fans are so desperate and needy that every coach, they're like, this is the guy. And I was too, <laughs> but I'm, I'm tired. I'm done with it, man. I don't know. Let's see what he does. I think one thing he talks about collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. So Greer and Ross are going to love him. I don't think he's going to have a hard standpoint on what he wants to do. Um, and we'll see how this pans out, man. I, it's all going to depend on who we bring in and what we do. Um, at least I like the fact he's looking at the O-line. Hey, I mean, look, regardless of whether he looks like an IT guy or a software engineer, <laughs> uh, I think he's bringing in the right guys. It sounds like Patrick Sertain, a great defensive back. So, I mean, I think that brings a lot of experience to the, the 
defensive backs and and like you said, um, Applebaum and and the uh, the tight ends coach. I mean, sounds like he could be building a, a really good staff, and they've got a lot of talent there. So that'll be something interesting to look out for. There's talent, there's money, and uh, he brought in a, a great staff. And and I think in the NFL that really does matter more than most casual fans will understand. You're like, oh, this is the great head coach, but you got to look down at who's handling the O line, who's got your DBs, right? Yeah. Or in Pittsburgh, who's coaching your linebackers? <clears throat> <laughs> hey, and there's an FL Teams article about uh, teammates Patrick Sertain and Sam Madison reuniting. Dude, when I was becoming a hardcore Dolphin fan, that, those were my guys. When I really fell in love with the Dolphins, when I really started understanding football, it was Zach Taylor, Jason, or Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, Madison, Sertan. Like, they were the shutdown corners. So it's kind of cool to have them there with Xavier and, and Javon Holland and those guys, you know? And, 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 and cash. now Zach Thomas can get into the Hall of Fame because Sam Mills finally got in. I mean, you guys are, you guys are like, get in first. You guys are like, (laughs) you guys are like living the dream in in Miami right now with the Like you're bringing in ex players. I mean, I've wanted to do this in Jacksonville with Jimmy Smith at wide receiver, maybe make him a wide receivers coach, maybe even bring in Fred Taylor. I know that's kind of sounds a little cliche, right? Or like a pipe dream, but uh, it would be, I think we'd bring a lot of great experience to the Jaguars. Yeah. Well, I mean, when they were doing the coaching search, I think I told you that, you know, the, the beating, bleeding heart of me wanted Byron Leftwich as your coach. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, exactly. And, and, and again, he's playing the game right. And Miami played the game right. Even when they announced the hiring, there was nothing. And then they flew him and his wife privately with a film crew on the plane, right? Like documenting this as he goes, as he calls Tua on FaceTime, like, they are propaganda and this shit like great. They have coordinated it. And then you bring the West Welkers of these guys. The fans in Miami want to believe and buy in. I mean, it's going to be great all the way around in that yeah. sense. We'll see what yeah. we do on the field. I, I will say the Saints led the charge in hiring former players like under Sean Payton, Michael Lewis, John Carney, uh, Fred McAfee. Nobody except for Saints fans will know who the hell I'm saying. Uh, Aaron Carney was Glenn a kicker, even. right? <laughs> Carney was a kicker, yeah. Aaron Glenn, even, who's now the defensive coordinator of the Lions, who interviewed for the Saints head coaching job, he played a season for the Saints and then became a coaching intern and moved up. Uh, uh, it's not the worst thing if you want to perpetuate a good culture. Now, I don't know if the Dolphins have a good culture, but you can build one, and you've got people who are loyal to the brand, right? That's it. And until then, like Andrew knows, I'll remain jaded, and I'll say, ah, show me, <laughs> right? And then I'll believe midseason, and then they'll lose the last five games and be one game out of the playoffs, and, you know, <laughs> rinse and repeat. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm going to skip over. Uh, we talked about last time the New York Giants, Brian Dable, the Bills offensive coordinator. We talked about him last time. Uh, notice I said his last name because, you know, I, am, you know, put some importance on last names, unlike Bill Belichick. Um, nah, he, you, got, you got the joke. Uh, <laughs> am, am I the only one that hopes that Belichick sent that text when he was drunk? Oh, I, I think he sent him on purpose. 
I think he sent it on purpose. Or hey, you could be like Urban Meyer and just disregard people's names and just call people kicker. <laughs> hey, he got kicker of the year, right? At the at the NFL uh what was that awards? The skill, yeah. Uh, so so we moved past Dable. We moved past Dable. We got two more to talk about. We got the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. We'll start with the Vikings. Because the Bucks are, of course, an FL teams, you know, the Bucks. So we'll talk about their division rival last, coincidentally. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, I mean, Rams offensive coordinator hired as the coach of the Vikings. I think the stunning thing about this hire is not that Kevin O'Connell has any, you know, bad, there's nothing bad about Kevin O'Connell. They got Jim Harbaugh to interview for the job, and they said, nah, we're going with O'Connell. That stunned me that Jim Harbaugh interviewed for a head coaching position in the NFL. And, I mean, who knows what happened behind the scenes, but because he did sign an extension with Michigan after this all happened. Wasn't there a whole thing with the owner and and uh, owner was a Michigan alumni, right? The Dolphins the, owner is a Michigan. Oh, alumni. I'm sorry, I'm getting them mixed up. This that was the conspiracy <laughs> theory was that they 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 were having the uh, Vikings interview him so the Dolphins could hire him. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, the, uh, and yeah, instead no, he just remains in the frigid cold with the Wolverines. <laughs> <laughs> because because the great the great owner Stephen Ross said because you know he loves and cares about his dolphins that he would never take Jim Harbaugh away from his beloved Michigan you know he would not take them okay that, that's cool dude it's only the team that you own and run that's a professional but you should care more about Michigan you're right um, anyway it is stunning and, and I don't know much about him I know he's offensive coordinator right with the, the Rams um, yep. Not a hard offense to coordinate this year. Um, but McVay has a pretty solid coaching tree started for a guy that's as young as he is. I feel like coaches coming away from McVay have had success. And there's already talent in Minnesota. You're not rebuilding, you know. They, they've got one of the most talented skill positions. I mean, Cousins takes a lot of crap, but he's a good quarterback. You know, he's a top half of the league quarterback. Dalvin Cook is a top five running back. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, that's a top two or three at, at worst receiving duo. They've got talent. So it's, talent. it's weird, though, that O'Connell's an offensive guy. And what you need in Minnesota is to be able to stop people and you don't go with a defensive-oriented head coach. Like, you well, feel like the offense should have been able to oriented coach. <laughs> yeah, Mike Good Zimmer, call. right? <laughs> yeah, Zimmer. Yeah. It's what do you think, Andrew? I think uh he he's probably the number I don't know. It's I'm I'm stuck in between. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm stuck in between, you know, um Josh McDaniels and um and uh um and um the Vikings coach. I'm sorry, um uh Kevin O'Connell. Oh. Uh, I think those two could be coaches that break out, that have breakout like first year seasons. Um, because they're both, you know, they come from what Josh McDaniels comes from, uh, Bill Belichick's system, and then you have you have Kevin O'Connell who's coming from a Sean McVay's system. So, I mean, I think 
yeah, those two, in my opinion, will probably be the in the running for breakout first year seasons as a head coach. Sorry, Jeff, for getting ahead of the getting jumping ahead of uh, the topics there. Oh, but. that's all right. Uh, let's touch on the Saints a bit. <laughs> uh, they hired Dennis Allen, who I said when we all talked was the obvious, clear and obvious choice. Uh, they did have long interviews with Eric Bieniemy, with with Brian Flores, uh, with Aaron Glenn. They went with Dennis Allen, who is again. The defensive coordinator who, when Sean Payton had to miss a game against the Bucks last year, he was the head coach. They won 9 nothing. There can't be a more obvious choice for a guy who, who has transformed the defense that was awful in the early 10s into arguably the best defense in the NFL the last few years, two or three years. I, I Do either of you disagree with that? I, I mean, there's the most obvious hire I think that we've ever seen. <laughs> so, so I'm going to go off the board on a question with this, right? When Sean Payton stepped away, he never said the word retire, right? So as an organization in the Saints, are you also covering your back end on this? That if you promote a, a coach who was within – who was one of his coaches, that if in two or three years Peyton says, hey, I'm ready, that it's going to be easy to transition Peyton back in. I don't know. I don't know if that ever went into a thought process, but I think it's obvious that the people have, um, you know, they have a connection with him. I think that makes a lot of sense. Don't you, Jackson? No, he doesn't agree. (laughs) Jackson, you're wrong. (laughs) Bye. uh andrew any thoughts i mean it sounds like he was kind of uh it sounds like that was kind of a natural progression for him dennis allen um sounds like he's pretty familiar with the coaching staff and the players and has a good rapport with him so yeah i mean i i think he was uh he was kind of the natural next step um but i was surprised that the texans didn't didn't take that step right with um david coley but maybe, maybe the the Saints are kind of thinking better there. Yeah, well, I I do think there's a decent chance. I mean, there's a better than average chance that Sean Payton is coaching someone else next season. Uh, however, again, for for the Saints were in a unique position, unlike any of the other teams that wanted to change the culture. Saints don't want to change the culture. They've won the second most games over the past five years. They were nine and eight last year because Trevor Simeon was 0-4 as a starter, by the way. I mean, they were they were bad injury luck. The most players used in NFL history, most starters, I'm sorry, in NFL history. And they still were the Rams beating the 49ers away from getting into the playoffs in that last week. By the way, I don't like that the Rams beat the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Karma is a thing. Thank you, Eli Apple. We're going to move on. (laughs) They won. Look, we only beat the Saints because we were playing like your fourth string and everybody had COVID. I mean, you know, that's 
Uh, that game was so ridiculous. Even Good Morning Football on NFL Network. This is an NFL thing. Which, like, how did the NFL let this game get played? Because if they had postponed it two games, half of those players would have been back. And by the way, the Saints would have destroyed the Dolphins. I, I, I don't doubt that. Look, here's what I'll tell you, Jeff, and this is another reason I don't I don't question the coaching hire. I think the Saints are quietly one of the best-ran organizations in the NFL. Nobody really says about it, but they don't really make really bad decisions. They make solid decisions, um, and they have for a long time. Like you said, winning you know the second-most games the last five years, and with players, they generally make the right call. When we thought Drew Brees' shoulder was shot and Dante Culpepper was better, New Orleans was smart enough to know that Breeze was the guy. Um, so I think you got a great brand organization. I wouldn't question it at all. There's there's a lot of tr- ownership is not uh, – and Tom Benson back in the day was the owner, but now he's dead and his wife is the owner. But they're, they don't try to make personnel decisions. They don't try to make – you know, it's the opposite of the Al Davis, Jerry Jones model where they're – too involved. Possibly Stephen Ross might be in that category, frankly. Maybe Shad Khan, I don't know. But 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 she is just again Dennis Allen when he was doing his opening press conference, they're like, How much in uh decisions do you expect to be, you know, how much of a decision maker on personnel do you expect to be? And he said, I expect to be the decision maker on personnel. The Saints front office is there so that the Saints don't have to do the salary cap. They're just math wizards. They're better than everyone else at it. There's no, there's no question. The Saints are seventy million dollars over the salary cap, and they will shed a hundred million dollars without losing a player this year. It's math and and legalese and contracts. They're better than every other team. At the salary cap. And also, they know the salary cap goes up every year because, like, inflation. So they know that, you know, dead money doesn't matter that much because we're going to have a higher cap. See, your press conference involved who's going to be involved in making decisions. Uh, My coach's opening press conference involved after the third reporter said, welcome to Miami. He said, come on, I thought you were going to drop me a beat with that. And it got really awkward and quiet. And he goes, you know, like the song, and they're like, you yeah, know, we we know. And the next reporter was like, Coach, I'm not going to say welcome to my. Let family. me get a comb over. <laughs> oh my good god! Yeah, so it sounds I mean, like I... it was a little more informative. <laughs> All right, so so three questions. We'll go round robin here. Uh, who was the most underwhelming out of all of these hires? Who is the most underwhelming hire? Uh, Jeremiah, can we Lovey, start with you? Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith. It's just, again, we didn't even know he was interviewing or anything else. It feels like they just slid him into place to protect their PR. And uh, good luck, Lovey. I mean, sometimes he has been that in the NFL. They just put him up there to just take that shot, buddy. Just be the guy. <laughs> you you going to jump on this grenade for us, Lovey? Yes, sir. <laughs> for me, that's Lovey. Yeah. Andrew? Uh, Eberflus in Chicago. I don't know what he brings to the uh, a, a quarterback like um, oh, what's his name, Justin uh, Justin Fields, right? Yep. I, I don't I don't see Eberflus uh, fixing that situation. So for me, it's it's him. 
Well, Jeremiah, for the record, I'm jealous of what you said because I had written down Eberflus and Gable. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, Lovey Smith is absolutely the most underwhelming. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll say from Dable, like, he's got a, a, a prototype quarterback, and he continues to run like Josh Allen is Taysom Hill. Yeah. Not good use of your asset. So I, I, I have some questions with Dable, especially since – He's getting a quarterback I think has talent that is underrated in Daniel Jones. If he's going to just slam him into linebackers like he's a fullback, Daniel Jones will be done in 2022. It'll be interesting to see too. Your best offensive player should be Shaq or should be Barkley, right? Yeah, yeah. In many games, Dable just forgot they had running backs in Buffalo. Like, there, yeah. there were games they ran the ball five times, seven times. I mean, they just – Well, they ran the ball with Josh Allen. Yeah, a lot, but the running backs didn't touch it at all. So it was Yeah, that's – Yeah, underwhelming. I didn't want to say the worst, tire. I wanted to say underwhelming. <laughs> Look at your um, BC. So, <laughs> I don't want to hang any of us if we, if we get it wrong. Uh, unlike me with Eli Apple, who was totally right. <laughs> it's like you had a crystal ball. <laughs> uh, best hire. So, and, and and let me clarify, because my next question is going to be 2022 best hire. But best hire long-term for the franchise. Uh, Andrew, who do, you, who do you think is the best hire? That's a tough one. I'm going to go with... Um... I'm going to go with uh, Dennis Allen, New Orleans. I like that answer. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I just think, he, I think it's a nat- great, great next step for him. So, all right, Jeremiah, you. Uh, I, I'm going to shock it a little bit, man. I, I think it's Josh McDaniels. Um, mm-hmm. I think he learned his lesson the first time. He was a cocky dude when he took over young. Um, I like that when he failed at that, there were no excuses. He wasn't really gifted, but other people were overlooking him. He just took a job back with his old team and went back to the well, right? He went back to the well under the guys and started learning again to the point where I think that humbled him enough. And I think he's in a good position with a good team. I think his attitude seems to, what I've seen from it, match the sort of attitude that David Carr has. So you, or Derek Carr, I keep calling him his brother, right? Um, but, but I, they match. And I, and I think for that franchise long-term, he's young. I think he can make an impact and I think he can stay around for a long time. I like that one. And, uh, I'm going to say Doug Peterson. All right. Uh, I, you know, what he did with the Eagles was impressive. I, you know, he, 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 I think things match up very nicely with the the way he took over the Eagles to the way he's taking over the Jaguars. And uh, again, I said, obviously, I'm a Saints fan. If they didn't hire Dennis Allen, which would have been a dumb decision, Doug Peterson was the guy I wanted the most. And I think he took the Jaguars job uh, the day before the day he did the interview with the Saints, oddly enough. Um I, I I think he can do great things for Trevor Lawrence and uh you know we'll 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 see. But I, I think 
I think that long term, at least, might be the best hire. Hey, we had we had Doug number one, right? Doug Marone. He was the first Doug, right? And now we have Doug Peterson, and hopefully Doug Peterson could take us to the promised land. So Doug, Doug Marone, new Saints offensive line coach, by the way. Well, there you go. That's a good hire, by the way, to get a former head coach to be an yeah. offensive line coach. Uh, that's so, impressive. It's almost like getting a former head coach to coach your linebacker. Um, <laughs> I don't know who would do that, Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> all right, next, last question of this whole podcast. 2022, this upcoming season, which head coach slash team has the best chance of making a deep playoff push? You start uh, us this time. You want me to start? Well, you know who I'm going to say. It's Dennis <laughs> Allen and the Saints. Yep. First, again, I think they have the best defense in the NFL. They're one guy, two starters, one and a half starters are free agents. They'll franchise tag them if they can't re-sign them. Marcus Williams and Quan Alexander is the other kind of half starter. They need a quarterback, but guess what? Taysom Hill is 7-2 and two as a starter the last two years. Even if they were stuck with that, I think that's okay. The Bengals were ten and seven, and they got into the Super Bowl this year. The Saints were nine and eight last year, and they missed the playoffs. All right, so so there's a whole big picture here, but ultimately, he's coaching a team that has, again, if not for the worst injury luck in the history of football last season, would have been in the playoffs and. Would have been a problem for a lot of teams, including the Rams and obviously the Bucks, because the Bucks, you know, Tom Brady can't beat CD Deuce. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think they're also, I, I gotta say, other than the NFC East, which is just the worst division in perpetuity, the NFC South right now looks pretty weak. You got Matt Ryan. Taysom Hill, who, again, is not a starting quarterback, even though he's got a 3-0 record against Matt Ryan. Uh, the Bucs, who don't have a quarterback. The Panthers, who, if you take one of their quarterbacks, you, you're bad. Uh, and, again, it just seems clear and obvious. This is there – there are three teams, I believe, that had winning records who hired coaches. The Dolphins – the Raiders and the Saints. I think those are the three teams. Even, and Taysom Hill is not going to be the starting quarterback, but even if Taysom Hill were the starting quarterback, that would be my pick for the team that's going to make the deepest run in the playoffs. And I like to think there's some football analysis there, not just homerism. Look, the only thing I've seen that matches your hatred of Eli Apple is your love for Taysom Hill. And you were spot on with Eli Apple. I don't know about the Taysom Hill thing. We'll wait and see. Um, is the Jameis Winston thing that's done there? You done? No, there? we don't. We, I, I think the Vegas odds are that Jameis Winston will be the quarterback next year. Okay. All right. There, there were times Vegas there. odds. Yeah. Before he got hurt, Aaron Rodgers was actually the Vegas odds <laughs> last season. So yeah. who knows? Right on, Jeremiah. Who do you, who do you think next season? Yeah, uh, O'Connell 
in Minnesota. I just think he walks into the greatest situation known to man. Minnesota was underachieving. We touched on it when we talked about him earlier. This is a guy who comes from Sean McVay, offensive-minded coaching, and he comes into Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. And not only that, but you're also coming into a division with the Packers, possibly no Adams and Rodgers, right? So you're facing Jordan Love, Justin Fields with Eber, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, <laughs> and, and, and Detroit, you know, I love Dan Campbell's heat and I love his attitude, but it's Detroit. So he comes into a very weak division with a super strong team that I think is going to make them win more games than they should. Um, and they have a chance if they put it together on defense. I think he's in the perfect spot. Andrew, what do you think? Josh McDaniel. That's my, that's my pick. Um, I think he comes into a real good situation with Derek Carr, solid quarterback, underrated, will surprise a lot of people. I think like he he did, uh, you know, this previous season. Uh, good running back, Jacobs, good defense, decent wide receiving core. I mean, I think it's a well-rounded team, and I think they're, they're definitely going to make a run to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I hopefully he uses Jacobs more. I didn't understand in the first the, the first year when Jacobs was there, he, he was serviceable on every level. He was a three down back, and then all of a sudden last year they go get Kenyon Drake. I know Kenyon Drake. I, I know the Drake. Um, and, and all of a sudden he's splitting carries. Like so, hopefully that goes out the window. Teams have a weird obsession with having a third down back, and I I've hated that. And the Saints have the best four-down back in the NFL, in my humble opinion, Alvin Kamara. He can run power. He, he he could be a starting wide receiver on any team in the NFL. He's that skilled route running. But I feel like the NFL just uh, – the Colts actually are the team that's always annoyed me with this, where they've got – they used to have Marlon Mack. Yeah, and they Hines, always have been Hines on third yeah. down. Yeah. And then – they have Jonathan Taylor, and they pull him out on third down. And I'm like, why do you take your best player off the field just because it's third down? Uh, third and short Stupid. in the Super Bowl, you hand it to Samarje Pirine while Joe Mixon is on the sideline. Want to talk about outthinking yep. yourself? <laughs> there, are, there are some stupid trends in the NFL. And one thing I'll note before we wrap this up, is that, uh, you know, I coach uh, eight and under flag football. This will probably be my last season since my son's nine now. <laughs> but I co coaching makes a big difference in football more than any other sport. There is no other sport where the people on the field matter arguably less than the people on the sidelines calling the plays because – if your players are trained and prepared and focused, even at eight-year-old level, you can outsmart eight-year-olds as a as a thirty-five-year-old man <laughs> with eight-year-olds who are under your control. Uh, the same thing happens in the NFL. That's why Belichick has won so many Super Bowls, and and and. I mean yeah. that's the way that's the way it works. There's also a thing about culture where if you love the guy next to you, you're going to play better than if well, you, yeah, look, that, you don't I think care. We won't go full blown with it, but that remember the Titans stuff that works, mm -hmm. and and that's why when you were saying Peterson, 
I saw that in Philly. I was close to that in Philly. Through the media, through the news, this Eagles team started believing in each other and handling each other that way, and the press conferences were that way, and everything was the man next to me, and he got them to buy into that. And if you do that, look, you're, I think you're right, Jeff, that the, the margin of error and the talent disparity in the NFL is razor thin. So it's going to be who, who gives that extra effort, right? Who, who works that little harder? Who listens a little more and who outsmarts the other guy? So coaching can make a difference. I think they're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, you got to love how much uh, Jeremiah and I have been loving Doug Peterson, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think – I think he could surprise a lot of people the first year. Um, I think he's going to – anybody can be better than Urban Meyer, really, with building a culture because um, he just left us in shambles. <laughs> Everything that guy did was just questionable. Yeah. You have a shouting match. Your your quarterback's telling you you got to play James Robinson. And like He did – I don't know. He was just – it was too much for me. It was like it was like a bad movie script, right? Like I mean, it's just you couldn't write this, and um, it's unbelievable. But I, I'm I'm happy it's a breath of fresh air to have Doug Peterson, uh, you know, in Jacksonville, Super Bowl winning coach, and uh, I think he can um, hopefully do a lot of things for us. So time will tell. I, I think back to um, I saw something recently that was talking about Vince Lombardi's like first speech to the Packers, right? And he gives that speech of, you know, if you go through or believe in three things, you know, your family, God, and the Green Bay Packers, then we're going to be successful. I think of Lombardi saying that, and then it flashes to Urban Meyer saying, I'm the only one who wanted here. What do you guys want? Tell me what you want. <laughs> like, you don't see that <laughs> on highlight reels. <laughs> like, that's not the speech that won the game. Right? I can I'm tell you what real. his three things are, but this is a family <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Yeah. I'm the only winner in this room. I'm like, yeah, now I really want to play for you. Tell me what to do, winner. Um, yeah. Yeah, he uh, was something else, but uh, he'll always be, uh, he'll be uh, uh, some, something to remember, right? I'll just leave it at that. Jaguar's <laughs> legend, Urban Meyer. When will, people, when will people learn? Nick Saban in Miami, right? We had Saban. He literally had a press conference saying, I'm going nowhere in the next day on a plane, on a tarmac in Tuscaloosa, calls everybody on speakerphone. Uh, yeah, I took the Alabama job, so thanks. <laughs> Jim Jim, Ro Jim Rome said it best about Urban Meyer. He said, the best and the worst, you know, <laughs> per in college and, and then in pros. So. <laughs> Beautiful. Yep. Man, right. This one's been a blast. Folks. We will wrap it. Hey, pay attention to FL teams because I think we're going to have some fun football live streams and podcasts uh, over not only the the near future, but definitely next season for sure. But subscribe to FL teams on all the places that you subscribe to things. Uh, you know, Hey Friends and Face Place and <laughs> Pot and all those things. <laughs> Everywhere on your interwebs, we can be found. Yeah, hey, it's on the internet Al Gore invented. Uh, you can find FL Teams. Wait, Jeff, I'll give it. You go to www.capitalf.com. <laughs> 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 C O M. That's C O M. 
HTTP. <laughs> hey, all I got to say is lockbox. <laughs> <laughs> and that, my friends, will wrap up a beautiful coaching carousel with the final word lockbox. <laughs> lockbox. Go to flteams.com for Andrew Reshman, for Jeremiah Hensley. I'm Jeff McAlino. Hey, we're done. Peace. Roll those in, Isaac.